0: good morning everyone it is a pleasure to be here with you this morning welcome 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 remember to hit share on your computer or whatever device you're on this morning i want to start by saying the title of this message is don't turn back don't turn back you have every opportunity to give up don't turn back i want to start our story off by giving a little intro At this point, Jesus has been crucified and resurrected. Two of his young disciples were headed back in the wrong direction because of what had happened, the harsh reality of the crucifixion that happened to Jesus Christ. Our story is picked up in Luke chapter 24. Most of you are familiar with this story, but hopefully I can present it to you in a different light so that you don't turn back. And this is what it says starting in Luke chapter 24, verse 13, Now behold, two of them were traveling in the, on the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus Himself drew near. You need to underline that. Jesus Himself drew near. Remember, this is post-crucifixion. Jesus already died and has resurrected again. Remember this line that I'm about to give you. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. You've got to catch yourself in what situations we face in our own personal lives that Jesus is right there at the center of it. Yet we don't recognize or feel his presence. That is not the kind of people we want to be. Remember, don't turn back. Verse 17, And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another? And are walking together and are sad. And in verse 18 it says, Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things that have happened there in these days? They're conversating with Jesus, but Jesus held himself back from being recognized. Gets better. Gets better. And verse 19, and he said to them, what things? Jesus was speaking to their heart. Jesus wanted to know where their heart was. What was going on in their lives? What is the condition of your heart? Wherever you're sitting right now, on the couch, laying on the bed, regardless of where you're at, what is the condition of your heart? Jesus is at the center of it. Amen. And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was, remember, who was, not is. Who was is what they're saying. They're losing hope. They're losing hope because everything they came to believe, everything that Jesus had spoken into their lives, got erased from their mind because of the eyewitness accounts that they witnessed, the murder, the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They seen this. Let me not get ahead of myself. Verse 20, And how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, we were hoping, not we are hoping, we were hoping. Past tense, we were hoping. How many situations have you faced in your life where hope has been lost in your life because of the circumstances you face? But we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day. Since these things happened, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Open the eyes of our understanding to see how you speak to our lives. It's easy to lose hope, especially, especially when we experience traumatic events in our life. Sometimes, not all the time. But even us as Christians go through some challenges in our own personal lives. As human beings, unforeseen circumstances happen to our life. How can many of us agree with that? Remember the COVID? It's still with us. But it's headed that way. Change is coming. Change is coming. Don't turn back. These men had built up their hope and their faith in Jesus Christ and all that he did and all of the miracles that they witnessed. Still, they witnessed the brutal beating and injustice and death by crucifixion, that of a common criminal. Can you imagine? What they witnessed with their eyes, first they witnessed miracles, they witnessed healings, they witnessed limbs being grown back, they witnessed restoration of eyesight, and then this happens. What happened to you? What circumstances are you facing to the point where you've lost hope in your life? For we, for us, for me, for you, we understand the sacrifice that took place that faithful day because the Bible tells us the end story. But these men didn't have that. Although Jesus told them the Son of Man must be handed over to evil men to be crucified and resurrected on the third day, but they, they didn't listen because of what they witnessed with their eyes, a traumatic event. But for these men, they were eyewitnesses to a brutal injustice that threatened to erase, threatened to erase, all that they've come to believe let me ask you this what's threatening you who's threatening you and keeping you from keeping hope alive in your life proverbs 13:12 says this write it down when hope is deferred it makes the heart sick when hope is lost is what the bible says when hope is lost, our soul becomes spiritually unbalanced and emotionally unstable. This pandemic challenged a lot of people. You may, be, you may have become unstable in certain areas of your life. Mainly reading your Bible, praying or asking God for change in your life. Remember, God brings stability in our lives. These men were headed back to Emmaus. Men were headed back to a place of familiarity. This is a place that possibly Jesus Christ himself rescued them from. Where has Christ rescued you from? How far has he brought you? And yet, doing the circumstances that we faced in our life, we shifted our direction away from the things of God. Emmaus a place of familiarity. Emmaus by definition means people who are despised and people who are obscured. The word obscured means this, not clear to our understanding. What you understood at one time because of the circumstances you faced is no longer clear to you. So that we've lost hope. We've lost hope. Because of what you're facing right now, Let me ask you this important question. Are you headed back to Eurimaeus? Are you headed back to a place of familiarity? Are we headed back to being despised? Are we headed back to being a people with no vision? Are we headed back to becoming a people without spiritual understanding? What you understood at one time, may not be clear to you anymore. Maybe you were despised at one time. Maybe you weren't liked at one time. But yet because of the circumstances that you're facing in your life, we forget about all that Christ has done in us and we shift our direction back to a place of familiarity. Don't go there. Title of this message is Don't Turn Back. There's hope. Tell your neighbor, Tell the friend that's sitting next to you. If you need to get up and go to the bathroom, look in the mirror and tell yourself that there is hope. There is hope. If there's one point that I want to understand and make clear to us is this, that the Word of God is not just a collection of words. It is not just a collection of words. The Word of God operates on us like a surgeon holding a scalpel. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever been cut with something, but a scalpel, it cuts you. You don't even feel it until the air hits it. God wants to cut some things out of your life. It opens our life to reveal who we are. That's what the Word of God does. It opens us up to reveal who we are and more importantly, who we are not. You're not defeated. You're not under. You're not lost. Don't give up. Don't give up on the promises of God. These men witnessed an injustice to their Savior. He's the Messiah. He's going to save us, He's going to lead us. And then He dies on the cross. And all hope is lost. Because they forgot every word that Jesus had spoken to them. How many of you have forgotten? How many of you are walking in darkness right now because you've lost hope due to the circumstances you're facing in your life? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. A lot of you know this passage. A lot of you know this scripture. You can say it forward and backwards, but yet you refuse to live it. It says the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even the division of the soul and spirit joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows your thoughts and your intents right now. You want to quit? You want to give up? You've lost hope due to the circumstances you're facing in your own personal life? Listen. This is not a club. This is a lifestyle. And if you're willing to live it. Don't turn back. The word goes deeper than probably some of us would like. Ooh, some of you might be cringing right now where you're sitting. The word of God goes deeper than some of us would like because it exposes some things that maybe you don't want exposed. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the church down the street. I'm talking to the ones that don't want to pay attention or listen to the word of God. The word of God will get in areas that maybe you don't want. And it'll draw those things to the surface. The word penetrates the moral and spiritual life of a believer. It reveals God's goodness and purpose and it exposes, it exposes, listen. It exposes Satan's evil intent toward us. How many of you would like that? Yeah, we want to know what Satan's got against us. We want the heads-up, Jesus. It's in Your Word. It's in Your Word. The problem is, some of us are reluctant to surrender to the things of God. Listen to this scripture, Psalms 119, 105, out of the Message Bible. This is what the Word of God does. This is what it does, by Your words. I can see where I'm going. By your words, God, I can see where I'm going. Then, then they throw a beam of light in my dark path. It gets better, it gets better. In the midst of darkness, the word becomes even brighter. For those of you that have lost hope, for those of you that says I'll never leave my home again, for those of you that have said I've been hurt by the church, I've been hurt by the leadership, I've been hurt by my family. I've been hurt by my kids. I'll never trust again. That's what these men were doing when they were headed back to Emmaus. What we believed was going to be true died on the cross. The death of a common criminal gets better. Tell your neighbor it gets better. If you're by yourself, tell yourself it's going to get better. Because it's going to get better. The problem is, some of us are reluctant to surrender. Maybe we've been hurt, disappointed, or let down by people we love and respect. You might say, Pastor, you don't understand. No, I, I, I don't understand everything you're facing. But if I was to sit here and tell you everything that I face, and you tell me everything that we face, then it would only be a counseling session between each other. God, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, wants to counsel your heart wherever you're at. He wants to remind you that you're not by yourself. He's drawing you back. Stop pulling away from the Holy Spirit. We need to allow God's work, God's word, to work by making it a vital guide in everything we do. Isaiah 55:11, that's another one of my favorite scriptures that may be one of yours as well. This is out of the message translation, and the Bible says, "So will the words, so will the words, the words, the words." How many of us know that Jesus Christ is the living Word? He is the living Word. By your words that come out of my mouth, not come back empty-handed. They will work. They will work. I what, and they will accomplish with what I sent them to complete. The assignment that I've given them will not return void back into your life. Let me ask you this. In the midst of your struggle, what are you speaking over yourself? You speaking words of doubt? Are you speaking words of anger? Words of discouragement to your kids, to your family? See, you might say, man, that pastor looks angry. I'm angry at the enemy because he's constantly lying to you and you're believing every single lie he gives you. Come back to the Word. Come back to church. Call somebody. Tell them, I'm struggling with this. I need counsel. I need help. The Word of God will reveal everything that needs to be revealed and it will draw out the best of you. The best of you. Jesus, the living word, came alongside these two men. Remember back in the story? Jesus showed up, kind of disguised himself, wouldn't allow himself to be seen by these two men. Jesus wanted to know what was in their heart. What's in your heart? It's not the commercial, what's in your wallet, it's what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. Jesus, the living word, comes alongside these two men whose hearts are cast down, grieved, disappointed, and have completely forgot about what Christ spoke to them about his resurrection. Now, if I was back in these times and I was a smart person, I would have said, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up. Didn't he tell us he was going to come back? Man, I'd have have stuck around. I went out and had some lunch. I rented a hotel for about three days. And just to see, just to see, maybe, maybe he was telling me the truth. Amen. It's easy to forget the promises of God in the midst of turmoil. Whatever you're facing, God wants to bring restoration in it. Let's go to verse 25, same chapter. I'm almost finished. This is a powerful word. It's a short word, but it's going to be a word that hopefully it sparks something in you to draw you back into the things of God. I'm not asking you to come to church. I'm asking you to come back to God. Come back to your Savior. Come back to the one that redeemed you, restored you, saved you, and brought you out of that place of familiarity. God is good. Verse 25, it says this. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, how slow to believe in all that the prophets had spoken. Amen. And then it goes on to say in verse 26, Ought not the Christ have to been suffered these things and to enter into his glory, into his glory. Verse 27, I love this. I love what Jesus did. He took these young men back to school. Listen to what he says. And at verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scripture, the things concerning himself. Jesus began to speak to them. What did he speak? Maybe he spoke Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Wounded for our transgression and by His stripes we were healed. Jesus began to paint a portrait, a picture of Himself through the Word. Through the Old Testament, Jesus began to reveal Himself. Hey guys, don't don't forget. Remember I said in Isaiah that I was going to have to go through these things. I was going to have to suffer. They were going to beat me the way they did. Everybody was going to reject me. I was going to die on the cross. And now here I am, guys. Here I am. But Jesus didn't open their eyes yet. Jesus will not allow us to go back to a lifestyle that he rescued us from. The word of God comes to strengthen comfort in the midst of the storm that we're facing. Let me give you a clue. Jesus said he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. So he stands in the midst of the storm with me. He stands in the midst of the challenge that I'm facing. He's sitting with you on that couch. He's in the house with you and your family. As you gather your family together and say, Guys, we gotta do something better with our life. We have to continue to press in and not go back. What do you mean go back? mommy being a drug addict, daddy being an alcoholic, mommy and daddy to stop fighting, to stop arguing. Jesus, at one time we believed but we lost hope. Why? Because of the circumstances you might be facing. God is greater. God is greater. God is greater. In verse 31, after Jesus had communion with these men, and in verse 31, 32, And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked? He talked. How did Jesus talk? He was using words to encourage them. Words to renew their hope. Words to bring restoration. Words to shift them back in the opposite direction from where they were going. Jesus knew where he rescued these men from. Jesus knows where he rescued you from. Jesus knows how much deliverance and what it took, what it took, what it took to buy you back. You've been bought with a price that you can never repay. I serve God out of gratefulness. I serve God because of what he's done for me. Well, wait, pastor, don't you got some issues? So do you but I'm trusting in my savior. That's the difference, amen? And verse 32 says, and they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scripture to us, while he opened the scripture to us, when the word comes alive in our hearts, a shift begins to happen the Word of God begins to redirect us in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Some of you just need to renew your faith. Some of you just need to repent and ask God for forgiveness. I don't know who hurt you. I don't know what addiction you're stuck in. I don't know what challenges you're facing. Through this pandemic, it almost flipped the world upside down. But remember, remember that Jesus created everything. He created everything. Our Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer lives. Job 19.25 says this, For I know my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. Jesus, the living word, stood by these two men that were headed in the opposite direction. Jesus left the twelve. Left Mary, left Martha, left Mary Magdalene, all the people that are mentioned in the Bible. These men are only mentioned right here. And yet Jesus saw it important enough to go after them. That's one question that I have for the Lord when I get to heaven. What was so important about them? He's probably going to tell me because that's how important, Martin, you were to me. Remember? where I rescued you from? Remember the challenges you faced when you were laid face down with a gunshot to the back of your head and you cried out for help? I was there. You didn't see me. Just like the two men headed to Emmaus didn't see me, but yet my spoken word continued, continued, continued to press into their hearts. Just like he's continuing to press into you. This message is not by mistake. Some of you needed to hear this. Because God's not gonna leave you and he's not gonna forsake you. He's not gonna forsake you. God wants to redirect our direction. Will you allow him to? Will you allow him to? As you bow your hearts before the Lord, God wants to come in and bring change. He loves you. He loves you. And he is speaking directly to you. You know who you are. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Thank you for your word that you bring restoration and deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for allowing me to share.